Okay, good morning everybody. Good to see you all. If you've got a Bible, could you go to Psalm 23? Psalm 23, we will be getting there shortly. If you've not met me, my name is Stuart, leader of the church here. Very warm welcome to you. Uh, we haven't met for a couple of weeks because of the Christmas uh, New Year break. Um, I hope you guys managed to have a good time over uh, those holiday periods, managed to get a break, um, chill out for a little bit. We as a family um, had a good time. We ate too much food. We celebrated the birth of our Lord Jesus. We met with friends and family. We gave and received gifts, and it was a good time for us. We had our what has now become our family tradition where there's a picture there where my wife and eldest son go to Sutton Park and jump in the lake on Christmas Day. Newsflash, it was cold, which they seemed surprised about when they got out, to which I just, I said nothing because I felt it was just better to just roll my eyes uh, at them. Um, so we did that, and then we had Christmas dinner and the like. So hopefully you managed to find um, a moment, a space to have a break this Christmas. So what I want to do um, at the outset of our year together is I want to set us a course for 2024 as a church family. And reflecting back on 2023, my observation of many of us in the church, it has been a difficult 12 months for a whole host of reasons. Uh, being um, the pastor, being the leader, you get an insight into many people's lives, and I have seen pain and difficulty with a lot of them. I've seen pressures on work life and uh, the, the, all the sort of stuff that comes with that. I've seen pressures on relationships between friends, family members, in marriages. I've seen pressures on children. Uh, they are a gift, a priority, and a blessing. But they can be challenging sometimes to lead and raise. I've seen pressure on people's finances. I've seen pressure on people's health, both mental and physical and emotional. And all that can lead us to feelings of being overwhelmed, feeling uh, in pain, sadness, frustration, grief, anger, loneliness, and all that has been swelling around us as a people for the last uh, 12 months in various forms. And I know for me personally, we had an accident in the family just uh, the beginning of September with my eldest son, Levi, which threw us out for the back end of the year, it involved hospital, involved surgery. It was, it was really tough for us in that season. Church has just been leading, it's been tough, and it even ended with me two weeks towards in September, uh, sorry, in December, I was signed off with stress because I was basically feeling sick every day and hanging out of the toilet, and I went to the doctor and they said, I think you might be suffering, so you need some time off. So I had a couple of weeks off for that. So. With all that in mind, as we begin 2024, I was praying, I was seeking, Lord, what do you want us to talk about this year? And he brought me to Psalm 23, and he spoke to me about it, what it meant for him to be my shepherd, to be our shepherd, to lead us as a family of uh, God together. And he has called us as a people to grow, to be a large, influential, reproducing church, which we are seeing working out around us. But in the midst of that, 
He is the one leading, guiding us, caring for us, protecting us. He is the one who is our shepherd. It is not based on our strength or our nous or our smarts. It's based on him leading us. And so I want us to spend some time looking at Psalm 23 at the outset of this year. So hopefully you found it in your Bible. First thing we're going to do is we're going to read it together. It should appear on the screen behind me and I will lead you through it. Do I need to move slightly so you can all see that? So I'm going to do a one, two, three, and then we are going to read Psalm 23 together. One, two, three, go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Okay, a little before we dive into this, I want to give a quick overview of the psalm, a bit of background just um, uh, before we come to it. It's one of the, it's probably the most famous. Of the 150 psalms we find in our Bible, this is probably the most famous. It's read and quoted in many, many places. But the author of the psalm, if you go to the top of what it says in your Bible, it says it's a psalm of David. David, who wrote this psalm, wrote this poem, uh, was the famous king of Israel. He killed the giant Goliath. He was a mighty warrior. He was a poet, and he was a musician. And after Jesus, he's actually the most talked about person in our Bible. There are many, many chapters devoted to his life, and he is mentioned in many other places in the Bible. David was a man from humble origins. He was the youngest of many siblings, and he was from a nowhere place called Bethlehem, where he grew up. So he was the youngest in the family. He was the last. He was forgotten, and he grew up in Bethlehem. His life was incredibly difficult in places. His formative years, he was spent as a shepherd, out looking after the sheep in the wilds, protecting them from thieves and predators. But then God called him to be king over his people. And he was anointed by the prophet Samuel. Yet after that moment when he was called and anointed, you will be the king and leave my people, he spent years and years and years on the run under death threat from the current king, a man named Saul, who wanted to kill him, was jealous of him. And so he spent time being homeless, away from his family, being chased by the king's soldiers to the point, at one point he actually had to pretend to be crazy, frothing at the mouth to escape death and to get away from his pursuers. He faced deep loss when his dear friend Jonathan was killed in battle. And so he had a really tough season of his life. Then he became king. And in one thing, he kind of, he, he succeeded. He was ruling over God's people. He was in Jerusalem, but things didn't seem to get much better. He committed adultery with Bathsheba, his own sin. He then faced the death of a child. He faced firm, further family tragedy when his son Amnon 
raped his half-sister Tamar, who was then killed by his other son Absalom. That's a storyline worthy of EastEnders, isn't it? And that was his family life once he became king. This son Absalom, who had killed his half-brother, then started a rebellion against David as the king, forcing David again to flee from the palace and Jerusalem. Absalom was then killed by one of David's men, and David mourned the loss of another child. And so David, as a man, was familiar with the highs and lows of life. He knew the sweet taste of success, we could say. Yet he also knew what the depravity and depths of human sin, both his and others, could wreak on life. He was not a man who was free from suffering. He knew the troubles of life intimately. He knew what it means to be in pain. He knew what it means to grieve. He knew what it means to suffer. He knew what it meant to face death. And out of this, he wrote this psalm. Psalm 23, and if you look at the psalm, the psalm can be broken into sort of three sections. Verses 1 to 3 looks at the Lord uh, as a shepherd who cares for his sheep. Verses 4 looks at the Lord as a companion who walks beside a traveler on a very dangerous road. And verses 5 and 6 look at the Lord as a generous host welcoming someone into his banquet. And each section of the psalm is marked by a confession of David. Uh, He confesses to the good shepherd, I shall not want. He confesses to the faithful companion, I will fear no evil. And he confesses to the generous host, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so what we're going to do is we're going to spend three weeks going through this psalm section by section. I'm going to do verses one to three today. Next week there'll be verses four with Jeremy and Matt and Phil, and then verses 5 and 6, mainly we'll look at with Ben and Charlotte. And also our kids and youth are going through this as well. So we're all looking at this at the outset of the year. And so what I want to encourage you to do over these next three weeks is to spend time reading and meditating on this psalm. We read it there together and it took, what, less than 60 seconds, maybe? Maybe spend some time just reading on it, reading through it slowly, reading it in different translations in your Bibles, because sometimes the wording, the phrasing is different. It brings something out. Maybe try writing it out when you've got a moment. It doesn't take long. Look at the psalm. See what God is speaking to you about it. I've got a couple of books to give away. Still Christmas. I read this book over Christmas. Uh, called, it's called The Lord of Psalm 23, about Psalm 23, and it was excellent. It's not a long book. bunch of short chapters great meditation. I've got five copies here to give away. If you're interested, Mel's got them here, but use those to have a read um, (laughs) over it. If you want some more, come to us. We can do that. Once you've read it, do me a favor though. Once you've read it, pass it on to someone else, maybe in your life group and say, read this, have a look at that. I think if you read a chapter a day, you'll knock it off in about 10 days and then you can pass it on to someone else. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at the first three verses. So if you've got your Bible open, we're going to go through and we're going to look at the who, what, and where of this shepherd. The first one, the who. And as we begin 2024, I think these are important truths for us to grapple with together and to remind ourselves. We know what 2023 sort of did for us. We know how we got to here, but we don't know what the future holds. But the truths that we will learn here are things that are to guide us and hold us as we move forward. So the first one is, who is this? And the the, the psalm begins with a very simple statement, the Lord is my shepherd. And if we step back, we can can sort of roll over that very quickly and go on to the next things, but I want to just spend a moment dwelling on that. 
There's five words and there's kind of four different things that I want to just pull out there. The first one, it begins with the Lord. And in your Bible, this will probably be capitalized in English translations. L-O-R-D is in capitals. And this is important for us because what it's saying there is when David says the Lord, he is using the personal name of the God of Israel. It's not a general, the divine. It's not referring to gods of other nations or things that other people worship. He's not one among many. He is the God of Israel. He is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and he is the God of his people Israel. This God, uh, by using his personal name, he is separating this God from any other. And this is the God who made heaven and earth, who created everything seen and unseen. He is the one who made covenants with the patriarchs, covenants with the nation of Israel through Moses when he descended on Mount Sinai. He led his people out of slavery. Remember the plagues in Egypt, parting the Red Sea. He then gave them the law and he built the tabernacle where his presence would dwell amongst his people. This is this one. He is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, eternal, holy, and transcendent. This is the one David is talking about. He is not some minor regional deity. They believe sometimes God's ruled over little areas of the world. No, he is the one who rules the cosmos. He rules everything and is over everything. He is the one who heals, provides, loves, redeems, forgives, and leads his people. This is the one that when people draw close to, they fall on their face because they are overwhelmed at his presence, his awesomeness, and his glory. And as we begin this psalm, that should give us pause. This is the one David is talking about. Not his mate, or a friend, or even a boss. This is the Lord of heaven and earth. And then what does he say next? He says, this Lord is. That is a small word, but what it means is something is a present reality. Something is part of the verb to be. It is not a distant memory from the past or a coming possibility in the future. It's something that is right now consistent and constant in David's life. This Lord is present. And then what does he say after that? It gets even more crazy. He says, this Lord is present and he is my. That's the word we use for a belonging or a possession. Something we own, something we have connection with. And David's saying, this Lord is my. There is a personal connection between David and the Lord. There is something that is present and constant. It speaks about closeness and familiarity. You say, my friend, my spouse, my child, my parent. There is a connection, a relational connection. And then he ends it with the biggest one. He says, this Lord is my shepherd. And this is an image that will be intimately familiar with David as a shepherd himself. And he's saying, this Lord, this creator of everything, this mighty, powerful, transcendent God is currently present with me as my personal shepherd. The one who leads, the one who guides, the one who cares for me, the one who takes responsibility for the sheep, because that's what a shepherd does. They, they look after and take responsibility for the sheep. And this is a, a theme we find throughout the Bible. It's not just uh, exclusive to David and this psalm. You go back into Genesis and you find Jacob, who was later, later renamed Israel from where we get the nation of Israel, God's people. 
And he says this, um, he, when he, in his blessing, he says, the God has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. He's testifying of the same truth that this Lord God who has revealed himself to his people is the one who looks after them, the one who cares for them, the one who is always with them, who is faithful to his people, faithful to his covenant relationship. So that's the who. What about the what? What does he provide for us? As we enter 2024, what is this shepherd going to provide for his sheep? It says, I shall not want... He makes me lie down in greased pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. So we move from the personal shepherd to his perfect provision. And what David is expressing here is the total, his total trust in the care of the Lord for himself. The word therefore doesn't appear um, in the psalm, but it's implied. If you say, the Lord is my shepherd, semicolon, therefore... It says, I shall not want. And the, the, the translational language here is a hangover from kind of the King James written hundreds of years ago. And when it says, I shall not want, it's, it, it's basically talking about um, lack. Because if someone is found wanting, you ever use that phrase? You have been found wanting. It's all very solemn and formal. But what it means, if someone has been found wanting, it means they're lacking in something. So that's the language here. And Jesus, David says, I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Other translations say things like, I, shall, I have all that I need, flicking it into a more positive way, or I shall not be in want. And basically what David is saying is, because the Lord is his shepherd, I shall not be in need. I shall not be lacking. I shall not be wanting. And if we reflect back on David's life, and what he's and I gave a very, very quick brief overview. You're like, sorry? <laughs> I've seen your life. It's horrible. There's parts of it I don't want to live. Part of it, you know, being king might appeal to me. All the other stuff, no. But David can say and testify, I shall not want. He has provided all I need. Now these aren't his greeds. We always want more. Christmas is one of the worst times for that, when our desires get heightened. But David says, I've got all I need, all I need. Yet he confidently claims that God has provided everything. And it is the image of a care of a shepherd for his sheep. And he goes on to kind of expand that. What does that look like? He says he talks about lying down, resting. He talks about green pasture, food. He talks about still waters uh, for the thirst of the sheep. God is providing for all that. And then he says, and they're kind of more physical needs, if you think about them. Then he says, he restores my soul. Soul is a reference to like the whole person. God will look after all of my needs, everything I need to get through this, to get through whatever the situation were. And David's been a fugitive. He's suffered grief. He's suffered loss. He knows his own sin and the consequences of that. Yet the Lord is the one who provides it all through. And we have a picture of a shepherd who's tending to the total need of his sheep. Physical, emotional, spiritual. It's right there. He's there with his sheep. Every aspect of life is covered by this. And it says, 
He will come, he restores my soul. And we have the idea in the Bible of the shalom, the peace, the rest of God. And basically he's saying, because of my relationship with God, I've come into that peace, into that rest. He is restoring me from all my needs. And this is something, if you notice, it happens at the activity of God. Who's the one doing it? Look at those verses. What does it say? He makes me. He leads me. He restores me. This is not something that is dependent on the sheep. I don't know if you've seen sheep. I've seen sheep around. I grew up in the country, so I was familiar with sheep. And then you go to farms now and places and see it around. Love sheep. They're dumb. They're dirty. They're just, they're just, a sheep, a sheep will get frightened of the same sheepdog they say every day of their life. Even though they get familiar with it, they still get frightened every day. Because they're a bit like, mm. That's what they're like. But they need a shepherd. And David says, he's got me in all the times of my life when I don't know what's going on. All these things are happening to me. The shepherd has got me. The shepherd is the one who looks after me. He takes total care of his sheep. He provides for the needs that I have to get through the situation I'm facing. And where does this shepherd lead? Let's move on, final part. It says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So we've seen a personal shepherd who has perfect provision, and now we see his faithful guidance. He's told us who, he's told us what, and now he's telling us where. And again, who's doing the leading? The Lord. He leads me. That's four times in four lines The initiative and activity of God is at work. He's the one who's holding us. He's the one who's hanging on to us. The sheep aren't left to their own devices to work it out because if they did, they'd be scattered and would be susceptible to predators and their own stupidity. We often see, when I say we often see, I have watched this. Have you ever watched one man and his dog and you see the shepherd with the sheep, what they do is that the shepherd stands there with his crook and he has a dog who's super well trained and he says things like, come by, away to me, or whistles at them, which I can't do. <whistles> and the dog herds the sheep and drives them into the pen and they get scored for it. And if one runs off, they have to go and get it and bring it back. And that's our modern image of shepherds. They drive the sheep. But if you read the verse, what does he say? He leads the sheep. Because the Old Testament image of the sheep is the shepherd goes out ahead and walks and calls the sheep and they follow because they know his voice and they know he's the one who cares. He doesn't drive them, push them. He leads and he goes ahead and they follow because they know he's leading. And it says he leads them in right paths or paths of righteousness. He leads them into good places. We've just seen that in the previous verses. We've seen he's given food and water and rest nourishment for their whole person he's the one who leads them in their right paths and what he's saying is David when he's saying he leads them in right paths for my name's sake he's saying the the shepherd leads in line with his character for who he is because righteousness is a characteristic of God his holiness and his goodness and for when he leads in paths of righteousness he leads in line with who he is he leads in line with what he said and so we have God's word in the Bible and God leads us in line of that we read other Psalms we find out what the psalmist thinks about the word of God how it nourishes them how it leads them how it guides them how it's food for their soul 
And that is what the shepherd does. He leads them in paths of righteousness. He leads them in holiness, is what he's saying. The shepherd leads us in holiness in ways that honor the Lord, that honor the shepherd. And if you want to find rest and restoration and nourishment in God, you follow his ways. Stands to reason. We flee from sin, we flee from our own desires, and we follow him, and we follow his way. For those who want spiritual health and happiness, it is found in God and following his way. The beginning of, also, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is living a right life that God would have us live. And if we want to follow the shepherd, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. And it's all for his glory. It says, we will, for his name's sake, everything ultimately is about the shepherd. It's not about you. It's about him. And it's about giving him glory. And he leads us in his ways because it's good for us. It's for our good, but ultimately it's for his glory. We are to seek first his kingdom. That verse is actually one of our family verses, which we've now taken to every night we get together and we declare it over each other and over ourselves. We say, one, two, three, and we say, we will seek first the kingdom of God. And that is what we have been called to do. And that's what the shepherd leads us into. And as we move into this year, whatever it means for us as we seek to grow staffing, we seek to look at premises, we seek to look at starting life groups down in Castle Vale, we are ultimately going to follow his way and follow his calling because he's the one who is leading us in that. So let me just sum up and I'll bring some application and we will finish. So David has shown us the shepherd that he knows in this psalm. He's told us who he is. He's the Lord of heaven and earth who knows us and loves us personally. He's shown us what he provides, that in him we lack nothing. He provides our restoration, he provides our peace, and he also shows where he leads in ways that honor him, in ways that are good for us as a result, and as a result we come more and more like him. And this is a beautiful picture for his people that David has painted, and the amazing news for us here as New Testament believers is that we have seen the final and full revelation of this. For David looked and he saw a shepherd who guided him But we now know that shepherd has been made manifest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus came and he spoke to his followers, he said in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And so we know that everything David spoke about has been made manifest in Christ. We can see it clearly in his life. The Holy Spirit inspired David to write this. But we now know we've been filled with the Spirit, changed by the Spirit. We see it manifested and made whole in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has been revealed to us as God the Son, the Sovereign Lord of Maker, uh, the Maker of heaven and earth. He is the one who is the I Am who appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Jesus says, before Abraham was, I Am. He's that one. He's the one who is there leading his people out. He provides for us new life. Freedom from guilt, forgiveness for sin, right standing with God, adoption into his family. As God is our Father, he gives us rest in him. He fills us with his spirit that we might be led in his ways, that we might produce his fruit and ultimately become more and more and more like him. And he gives us gifts that we can serve him and be part of his church family. He is my shepherd. And Jesus says immediately after the my shepherd, he says, I am the good shepherd And he came to do what? Lay down his life for the sheep so that we may 
have all this stuff because he dealt with our problem. He dealt with sin. We sang about it. He hung on the cross and then he rose from the grave so that we might be free, uh, free and not be prisoners anymore. And so that is what the psalm is ultimately pointing to, the Lord Jesus Christ risen from the dead and ruling and reigning in heaven who sent his spirit to us. So there's a few questions I just want to ask you as we begin this year for you to dwell on. So maybe you want to jot this down. First one, how well do you know the shepherd? How well do you know the shepherd? David, who wrote this psalm, was clearly a man who knew his shepherd, who had a relationship with him. So how well do you know Jesus? You might be here as a visitor, lovely to have you. You might not be a Christian. You might say, I don't know Jesus. I want to implore you at the beginning of this year, give it your time and energy. Get to know Jesus for yourself. We run Alpha courses here where you can learn more about it. We'd love to sit and talk and pray with you. But take your time to get to know the one who is the good shepherd. If you are a believer here, how are you doing in your relationship with Jesus? And this isn't said and made to make you feel small. It's hopefully what I've said. It's to encourage you to dive in. You've got a shepherd who loves you, who cares for you, who will provide what you need in the circumstances of life that you find yourself in. How are you doing getting to know him? Are you keeping him at, laugh length, at arm's length? Is he like... Um, Kind of the sign on the wall. That I'll keep him there and it says, in, in case of emergency, break glass. When things go wrong, I'll go to him. Or are you seeking to build a, a, a walk with him day by day? Read this psalm daily. Learn, grow, cry out to him. Talk to him, pray. Read the book we've given out. Repent of your sins. Talk about him in life group when you gather together. Talk about what have you learned about the shepherd in 2023? What's he teaching you now? Jesus said this in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Which I think is what the shepherd does. It says in the psalm, come to me. However, whatever you're holding, whatever's going on in your life at the moment, whatever's kind of on you, come to him. He's the one, he's the only one who can give you rest. About this, number two, next question. Do you believe he will provide? David, if you look at his life, went through some horrific, traumatic situations. He faced great loss, he faced great suffering, yet he's the one who says, I shall not want. He's the one who had a confidence and a faith in God to provide for him what he needed to face the situation that has come through. And so my question as we begin 2024 for you guys is, do you believe that God will provide what you need to get through these weeks, months, years that are ahead of us? I don't know about you, but I'm very, I, can do, I can do it when I look back because I can see I can see what's happening, and, and something Melanie suggested um, that, that it's a good exercise beginning year is to go back and look at the previous year and sort of see what's happened that we can give thanks to God for, or we can just celebrate. And so I went back through my diary, and I went back through my journal, and I looked at the last 12 months, and I reviewed, and to my shame, there were so many things I'd forgotten, and not just 
when you say it, you think, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, completely forgotten. I saw entries in my diary, like, I don't know what that is. So I had to go and ask someone. Then I worked out what it is, realized it was God working in my life and a blessing with him, and was like, oh, man, you are dull and dense. That You, just, you, just, you had just forgotten God's care for you and his faithfulness to you. And so I had to repent and then thank God for his care in being my shepherd through the year. And so I don't know if you've done that. Maybe you could reflect on last year and see where the Lord has led you. Because I know what that did for me. When I looked back and saw his care, it gave me faith for the future. Because I'd seen him in the past. And the more I look back at the past, I think, you have been there. You've been there. You have led me. You have guided me. You have given me rest. You've led me to those places where I can quench my thirst. Which means when I look at the future, which is unknown and uncertain, I know you're going to be with me there. And so when it says, do I believe the Lord will provide? Yeah, why? Because he has. And he's presently with me as my shepherd now. And he will continue to lead me. It doesn't mean life's going to be good. Come next week, look at verse 4. Not so happy. That's why I'm not preaching that one. Someone else can do that one. But actually, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. As we move to the future. Last question, and then we'll end. Will you go where he leads? Will you go where he leads? Where's the Lord asking you to go this year? 2024. Are you willing at the beginning of this year to say, yes, I'll go where you lead me? Because the Lord does lead, but there is a responsibility of the sheep to follow. And we can choose to walk in paths of righteousness or we can choose not to. And I know there's a prayer that I've prayed regularly throughout the many years I've followed Jesus and I've prayed and it says, I will go where you want me to go, I will do what you want me to do and I will say what you want me to say. And I have to keep coming back to that because there's times when I think, I'm not going where you want me to go, I'm not doing what you want me to do and I'm definitely not saying what you want me to say. And so I have to come at the beginning of the year and say, say them again and say, am I willing to go where you want me to go? Am I willing to go where you're leading me? Am I willing to go there in repentance of my sin, which I know will happen regularly in the weeks and months coming ahead? Am I willing to go there in terms of giving and finances that I will give faithfully and sacrificially of what you've given me to serve your kingdom purposes through this local church? Am I willing to serve others? Am I willing to put myself out and care for others? Am I willing to suffer for righteousness' sake? Because if I stand up for the things that are right, I will suffer just like you did. Am I willing to go to new places, new jobs, when some of us are going to be moving on at various points, whether it's new schools, new universities, new things? Am I willing to meet new people? Am I willing to do what you've asked me to do? And that's only a decision you can make, church. And that's scary and can be intimidating, but here's the one big thing. I can say for sure that your shepherd will be with you. Your shepherd will be with you, and he will lead you all the days of your life. Amen? Yeah. Do you want to stand up? I'd love just to pray into this and then we'll worship and see what the Lord might have to say to us. Do you want to just close your eyes, maybe open your hands?
We'll do a little bit of a call and response to start with. I'm going to say something. I'd love you just to repeat it back to me if you feel comfortable. So here we go. The Lord. The Lord is. The Lord is my. The Lord is my shepherd. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. We are. Thank you that you are the one who came to seek and save the lost. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came and you laid down your life for your sheep. That we might become part of your flock. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have called us by name and called us to be your people. Lord, we pray now that you would fill us with your spirit, that we might follow your leading. We thank you that you care for us. We thank you that you watch over us. We thank you that you have given us your peace. We thank you that you have given us restoration and reconciliation and adoption into your family, Lord God. We thank you that through the past 12 months that you have always been with us, leading us, even when it felt overwhelming and too much and there was just, you know, life was tough. We thank you that in the good times you've been there with us. Lord God, we thank you that in you we lack nothing that we need. And Lord Jesus, as we go into 2024, we thank you that you are my shepherd. Thank you that come what may, we can get up every day and repeat with David, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Lord, we love you and we praise you and God's people said,